It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Mark Blunden and this is The Leader. Data from the Office for National Statistics shows that pay packets, excluding bonuses, plunged by 4.1% in the last quarter, also taking inflation into account. Put this into context, last June there was a 5.4% rise in wages, so this means salaries are now dropping faster than any time since 2001. But additional analysis by the Resolution Foundation think tank paints an even gloomier picture for workers showing we're being hit with the biggest pay squeeze since 1977 when Jim Callaghan was Prime Minister. So is it a Covid economic hangover? Brexit, the Russia-Ukraine war, or something else at play? And what's the best way to collar your boss for a pay rise? To answer these questions and more on the impact of our tech-centred fourth industrial revolution, we'll be speaking with two of London's top economists, Dr Grace Lorden, a Labour economist at the London School of Economics, and Hannah Slaughter, senior economist at the Resolution Foundation. We'll begin with Dr Lorden. So Grace, what's your overview on these latest ONS figures? It's absolutely important to track this because it really gives us a pulse as to how people are getting on in the economy. Overall, average wages rose between 4.7% between April and June, which normally, in a normal cycle, would be absolutely amazing. But with inflation standing at 9.4% and these kind of worries about what's going to actually happen in quarter four when people do need to start using more electricity, do need to start using fuel, it does feel like it's not enough. And of course, averages never really tell the full story. So within them, it's clouding heterogeneity. So the ONS, I think, chose to focus on the private sector, highlighting that it grew by about 6%, whereas the public sector is at 1.8%. And, you know, we could have guessed this because the unions have been extraordinarily active trying to push for public sector workers. And, you know, the, the union actually, even that governs the universities that I'm in, are going to do a ballot across all universities to go on strike pretty soon. That heterogeneity is really important. So the, I think the inequality of the, the cost of living crisis is the thing that actually worries me most. We're seeing, even within the private sector, that 6%, there's a lot of heterogeneity in that, with some workers 
getting pay rises. And, you know, this doesn't include bonuses, don't forget, but some workers are getting pay rises that are around 15, 20% in order to retain them, or they're getting that by moving jobs. Whereas within the private sector, there's some workers whose pay has stagnated just like it has in the public sector. What's the intersection between these latest very sobering wages figures and the cost of living crisis? Typically, if you think about wages, we imagine people will get return for their productivity. So if I'm in a company and I add value, I should get paid that added value in line with the meritocracy. And if I pay for something for service for something that I create, what I get in return should be directly proportional to that. Unfortunately, the labour market shows that doesn't necessarily always happen. People who are more confident tend to get paid more. People who just ask for pay rises tend to get paid more. And people who have certain demographics tend to get paid more. And also you could just be lucky and be in an industry that happens to be in a growth cycle and then you're likely to get paid more. So I think a lot of the frustration around the cost of living crisis right now is that people are working in companies And they don't probably feel that they're getting paid their added value, at least when they look at the price of the products that they're actually putting out into the world. Is it more important to boost wages or get inflation under control? I think the concern people have over increasing wages is that there'll be this ratcheting of wages, which we've we've seen in other countries and, and we've seen before in Britain, that will just keep escalating inflation. So we pay people more, inflation keeps going up, we pay people more, so you get this cycle. So over the longer run, stabilizing inflation becomes quite important. But I think in the short run, that doesn't pay people's fuel bills. It doesn't pay people's rents. And when we see figures that suggest that, you know, across sectors, across industries, some people are getting the wage increases that allows them to survive the cost of living crisis in a very, very easy way. And some people aren't. Concerns about inequality are starting to emerge. Do you have any thoughts on how people can push their wages up? You think about what the interest rate increases are trying to do. It's trying to choke demand, basically. So it's basically saying we have too much demand in the economy. So we're trying to get people to demand less, right? What that ultimately means, because of the way inequality has been shaped in Britain and in many other developing countries over the last decade from the third industrial revolution, that there's only going to be certain people in our society who are going to be affected by that. And those are the liquidity constrained people who are earning the least. So people at the top end of the distribution who can access credit, even if they're not getting high pay increases, can buffer this cost of living crisis, you know, relatively easily, to, to, to be honest, we're kind of with scaling back. So we really have to focus on that bottom of the distribution. The concerning part about the bottom of the distribution is next to the inflation, which we're all talking about, and these kind of relative falling in wages, is this fourth industrial revolution, which is shaping the type of work that we do. And everything about that says we're going to have a wider gap between people who are low income and high income and not too many middle income jobs in between. So I think what that means is that if you are on the bottom of the distribution, or even if you're on the top, Pay attention to how your company is doing. So even though wages aren't keeping pace with inflation, there's a lot of companies that are doing incredibly well in this economy. So is your company, whether it's a small, medium enterprise or a large corporation, doing well? And if it is, I think you should consider asking for a pay rise, to to be uh, brutally blunt, because you as an individual need to be able to buffer yourself while the government gets its act together. Then I think the second thing is to think about if your company isn't doing well, can you move and get a pay rise to help you through this recession? And the third thing, if that's not possible, so if there isn't this huge demand for your skills, is there something that you can actually do to generate income on the side? (laughs) 
let's go to the ads. Stay there to hear more from Dr. Lorden and analysis on why today's figures only tell part of the story. Why not hit rate and follow in the meantime? There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Welcome back. Grace, what are the causes of this economic shock? Is it COVID, Brexit, Russia's invasion of Ukraine? I think in some ways this has kind of emerged, not necessarily being about COVID. I think we've recovered pretty well from the COVID pandemic when it comes to business. I think in the UK we're feeling Brexit. I think globally we're feeling the war between um, Ukraine and Russia. And I think kind of next to that, we do have this kind of fourth industrial revolution where we're we're being pushed into different modes of working. That was accelerated during the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, But also we're being pushed into having to do different tasks within our employees because we're being shaped by what technology can do. So for me, I think this is a transition phase, which unfortunately is going to go on until we figure out what the next steady state in the equilibrium is for this kind of fourth industrial revolution, Brexit, COVID, Ukraine versus Russia war. But I think the cost of living crisis, which is kind of to kind of leave on some good news and um, the inflation and getting inflation under control. I would think if I was guessing, I would think six quarters. I know some of my colleagues would say 10 quarters and some have said four to me. But this is a medium term thing rather than something that's incredibly long run. But I worry that when we emerge from this, that inequality is going to be much larger than it was before and we're not going to transition back. So we'll eventually have a jobless recovery where People who do lose jobs will be able to regain jobs. But it can be the case, unless governments step in and have really good policies, that we now shape the income distribution where there's people at the bottom who find it really hard in order to just actually pay bills, eat and do the basic necessities. And there's people at the top of the distribution who can enjoy the excess demand that has actually caused these problems in the economy in the first place. Now let's hear from Hannah Slaughter, Senior Economist at the Resolution Foundation, where they've been digging even further back into the historical data. As part of today's reaction, we took a look at some historical earnings data that is published by the ONS, but it's not their headline series. And the headline series only goes back to 2000, but we can get a bigger picture view from looking at historical earnings and inflation data. And when we do that, we find that actually the pay squeeze that we're in the middle of now um, is actually the biggest squeeze since 1977. So biggest squeeze in 45 years. So this is really, even by historic standards, this is a big squeeze on people's living standards. 
today's data covers earnings and you know obviously the the squeeze in real pay has been the big the big story coming out of it but essentially that's driven not necessarily by conditions in the jobs market but from what's going on with the cost of living and particularly energy prices so it's important to think about all of these things in the round when we're thinking about the impacts on workers living standards and how was the situation different back then in the late 70s one of the big things that has changed since then is um the balance between worker and firm power so in the 1970s rates of unionization for example were far higher than they are now workers did far more kind of collective bargaining and they were able to to kind of ask their employers for relatively large pay rises in response to rising costs. And I think what the data suggests so far is that workers have not been able to get big pay settlements in response to the rising cost of living. So you know, that's part of the reason why wages have lagged behind prices um, over the last few months. So, yeah, we've seen, we've seen a big kind of decline in, in worker power over the last few decades, both in terms of collective bargaining, such as for unions, but also, um, you know, workers are, are kind of less able to bargain individually with their employers. Um, and so that's a big structural change in, in the jobs market, even though, you know, we've got such high vacancy rates. And normally we'd expect that when firms were struggling to attract workers, they'd essentially respond by offering higher wages to tempt workers in and to make sure that they're retaining the staff that they do have. But we've not seen very much evidence of that recently. To the extent that it, that has happened, it's tended to be through kind of one-off payments and bonuses rather than pay settlements. Do you have any data from your research about whether people's hours have increased as more households try to make ends meet right now? That's a good question. What we've seen in recent, so especially since the start of the pandemic, although we've seen a fall in the number of people in employment, among those that are in employment, we've seen kind of moves from part-time into full-time work. So it does seem like people who are in work have in, in some cases been working more hours. I think especially uh, with the cost of living squeeze ahead, what we're looking out for is something that we've seen in previous crises where essentially people who are you know, facing hits to their real income will increase the amount that they're working to get through that that income shock, particularly at the level of the household. So say you have a household with two adults, it might be that one person is working full time and the other is either not working or is working part time, especially if there are kids and someone wants to be, you know, around um, to look after the kids at least some of the time. Um, and often in in economic crises and recessions, what we see is that second earner in that kind of hypothetical household increasing their hours or entering work in the first place. So that's definitely something that we're looking out for. So during the pandemic, we saw um, quite a lot of people leaving the workforce. And there's a question about whether that will start to turn a corner over the months ahead if people are, you know, people who might have left the jobs market during covid because they you know for for whatever reason um but when the cost of living crisis is is really starting to bite as it you know it already is and it's set to get worse over the next few months according to the bank of england and others we haven't seen any sign yet of a kind of rise in participation in the workforce so people entering the workforce that were previously not working or looking for work but that's definitely something we're looking out for in the months ahead There's more on this story in the Evening Standard newspaper and online at standard.co.uk. That's The Leader. We're back on Wednesday at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. 
The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.